With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. So uh, welcome to Inspire Radio and today I am joined by Laura Toop, founder of Bridging the Gap, uh, helping young widows with their grief. So welcome to Inspire Radio, Laura. Thank you, Jo. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here and you've got a beautiful backdrop which we've already discussed. You've got a, a beautiful painting on the back of, of yachts and it's making me feel like I'm in a holiday scene or something. So it's a lovely, a lovely way to start. So, uh, so yeah, so welcome Laura. Can you um, tell us a little bit about how Bridging the Gap came about? Well, five years ago, my life spectacularly imploded. I lost my husband, my health and my career in quick succession and literally I felt completely and utterly lost. In fact actually it was my then four-year-old nephew who kindly chirped up in the first Christmas to me said Auntie Lollipops aka moi um, now now that Uncle Chris is dead um, you know you have nothing. Oh, Actually, yes, I <laughs> fairly to the point. They say out of the mouths of babes. And yeah. He did, however, say to me that it's okay. I'll look after you for a hundred days. Oh, bless him! And what? What? I mean, there's, there's nothing so you know as as yeah <laughs> as clear as children when they uh, <laughs> cut straight to the chase. But how lovely that he. He said that, but then he finished it off with, I will look after you. How lovely and insightful that is. No, absolutely. And, and bless his con socks. It's, 100 days is a long time for a four-year-old. But yes. when you're 42, it's not that long. It wasn't yeah. going to get much past March, unfortunately. Oh, bless. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I kind of, you know, I went through this whole, I just felt lost. I felt like I was in a, living in a parallel universe. And, you know, you kind of try and pick up and everybody's suggesting some things that you can do and you just go, I just can't deal with any more stuff going on. So I, so I took myself off to, um, to have a nice sit in the sunshine. I do love a bit of sunshine because that's about the only time I would stop and completely rest. So I took myself, and I had to have guaranteed sunshine. So I flew a long way away, 5,000 miles to be precise. Wow. Um, on a beautiful island. Little did I know it was actually nicknamed the Happy Island <laughs> um, of Aruba. That's and, quite um, ironic, really, isn't it? Absolutely, very <laughs> ironic. Um, and um, so I, I did nothing for the holiday brochures. I, I will do, tell you that because I, I pretty much sat on the sun lounger blubbing my eyes out thinking, oh. how am I going to cope? What, are they, what am I going to do? And, you know, started to kind of, I don't know, just at that point, I don't, I'm not sure the exact point, but at one point, I just something in me changed, and I changed sort of the questions I was asking, and I started kind of feeling, doing the only thing I felt I knew how to do it for, which was business plan. My, my, yeah. my career had all been in business transformation and supporting businesses with, you know, setting up new strategies, and stepping, so you know, effectively, I started to ask myself some questions. And, you know, sitting there on the sun lounge, I would just ask myself questions. My mind was all over the place, but little by little, I kind of got together, I guess, 
bit of a plan. Yeah. So there, you know, on that beach, two weeks suddenly became six and a half weeks. Um, and I'd extended and extended and extended. And little, you know, this little sort of holiday that I was going to take suddenly became, you know, the turning point for me in, in my life. And um, so I remember vividly being taken to a particular part of the island by somebody where you go and build effigies. And there's just thousands of these and, and built out of rocks and building a very profound um, shape, which was very meaningful to me, meaningful, not have any meaning to anybody else. But on, on this um, effigy, whatever you would want to call it, I mean, frankly, with some stones all built up into a particular shape, was me visioning what I was going to be doing, which was old world, new world. Chris, my husband, was helping me effectively bridge the gap. I had the support of my family, but there was me being carried on the top. And, and that was the starting point of what I affectionately call Project Me. <laughs> so, wow. I, I love that. I absolutely love that story, Laura, and such a brilliant name as well, Bridging the Gap. And amazing that you, you know, you took that time out for yourself and allowed yeah. your brain to rest, I assume, and just work its way through the, the fog and, yeah. you know, the mist and... You know, you had a real true, true um, journey of discovery, really, didn't you? I mean, amazing. Absolutely. Um, and I think the thing was for me was, you know, I, I life mark one, as I refer to it, you know, I'd, I'd worked really hard. I'd had an amazing career. I'd traveled the world. I'd, you know, been very successful in what I'd done. But, you know, and I'd done everything that you're supposed to do that's socially acceptable. And it still got me to a point where, my husband still died I still yeah. lost my health I still lost my career and I was still left there at 42 going what next yeah and I think for me the biggest question I asked myself and you know I, I look back on my sketch pads was what makes me feel truly alive and to get back in touch with who I was now um, what was important to me now because I think I'd lost her and yeah. I think the need for me to step out of the space where you know everybody was giving me suggestions and you know they were all you know meant for, with love for yeah. me but you know what I wanted something different from my life because I had done what was you know the thing to do and so at that point it was something that really came from within. And I do, you know, I remember feeling like suddenly all the boundaries that had been perhaps holding me back and keeping me quiet and keeping my voice quiet, just, you know, suddenly weren't there anymore and everything yeah. was possible. Um, and, you know, stepping, I mean, that was May 2016. And, you know, since then, you know, I've been gradually evolving um, Project Me. And so, you know, literally from that simple asking of that question, since then, I have moved 90 miles around the M25 to a town I don't know, to a county I don't know. Um, 
and bought a house, renovated it into a home, um, really, you know, reached out to make new friends um, around and set up a business having requalified, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all from that basic question, what made me feel truly alive? Has it been easy? No. Um, no. Of course, you know, I did have to have the builder come in at the point when I had no back wall of my house and I could see up three, three, three floors, there were no floorboards, tell me, I'm really sorry to tell you, but I'm bankrupt. Um, and I'm looking at a house going, okay, um, oh, oh no. Um, and so, you know, and I'm, thinking, right, I'm going to have to park my business for a little while. Um, but no, you know, back to, you know, the bridging the gap thing is, was all came from, you know, three pillars of my business, which is inspire and motivate, bridge the gap, and the idea that the magic is within us, you know, the sunshine is within us. Um, we just have to reconnect with that. So, no, I thought, right, there is a way forward with my builder. So, I basically coached him. Um, and between us, we delivered the project. So, I am sitting in effectively part of the space that was renovated. The whole house was renovated. Um, I, I, I never want to do project management of a building project again, though, because, you know, who knew a tile could neither be right-angled or flat? <laughs> I didn't. Um, and, you know, even the brand new stuff I was buying, it still took them three and a half attempts to get a new hob into the kitchen. But, yeah, for me, it was one of those things where what I learned from that, that moment on the beach, from me stepping forward through you know, continually challenging myself, you know, periods through the last sort of four years and reevaluating where I'm going, is that the right space? You know, I sort of sit here in the kitchen right now as I am, and I think I'm totally in the space that I want to be. Fantastic. And, and I just, you know, and I know that I've had to work hard to get that because I, there isn't enough support out there for for the bereaved full stop and yeah. we don't talk about death we don't talk about um dying very openly and so therefore when you're sort of catapulted into you know widowhood at an early age you know all my friends you know if they had kids were packaging them off to secondary school they had no cause i was i was organizing a funeral nobody yeah. had any idea you know what i was going through couldn't relate you know they would come up with you know things like well you know it's a bit like divorce isn't it no <laughs> no it's not yes, uh, um, divorce there's usually one party who's not particularly happy about about it you know dead is very final um yeah. and you know you've built a bit you know a filter partnership up where you know you balance things out between you yeah. so you, well, it's, you've lost part of your being yeah. um and so you know trying to re you're not reinventing yourself you're just rediscovering yeah. you know parts that are actually there but you know you just haven't connected with them anytime soon or recently yeah um, and, and that's really important to say because i mean as a coach when you were talking about the magic inside um 
that resonates with me because I believe that everybody's got superpowers. We just don't always know what they are. And we can go through life not recognizing them and not doing like you've done and, and find what it is that is truly going to make you happy and make your soul shine and, and, and make you, you happy. And, you know, you, th this new business and this new life has come out of such a tragedy, but you've, you've taken that opportunity to go, right, okay, well, that's happened. You, you can't change that. Yeah. But actually, you can now put everything that you've learned along that way into good use and support other people which is is amazing so you know i mean how, how do you support other people what what does um you know helping young widows look like so i mean at the moment i'm for example working with a local um charity friends together bereavement support group giving them some of my time in their voluntary um or their groups that they have um, and for me, that is really just talking very honestly about my experience um, in that capacity. Then I'm working with my local, local patient care network to talk about bereavement and how it impacts and what, what you expect and how to go. So those are sort of two avenues. And then I work with small, group, um, small groups of widows stroke one-to-one -one coaching where it's really just First of all, trying to ground them where they are, yeah. um, you know, because you know I call it my washing machine spin cycle. <laughs> I, mean, I, I called it Mr. Messy earlier when we were <laughs> fair. It is like having Mr. Messy in your head, isn't it? Where it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Absolutely, and it, you know, and I, I, you know, you imagine that sort of American top loader washing machine, you know, and you've got all this other stuff coming in, and you're juggling it all around, and you know, you literally, it's, you know, it's a bursting point it's about to spin off its axis yeah. and so that is usually where most you know I meet most widows um, or widowers um, you know at that point where they feel totally out of control they're afraid of making the wrong decision other things were always left to their partner to have done yeah and the first thing you need to do is just breathe yeah you know really just breathe just breathe and focus on being in that moment being alive yourself and just absolutely taking stock of where things are and yeah. you know and I, I what I often do you know in my initial sessions with with my clients is to have a, a post-it note session of all things oh I love that <laughs> you get that my own heart I've, my, I've, if you could see my office it's full of post-it notes I can't live without post-its I love that <laughs> Know, it's one of those things where because you know the, the, how that came about was actually because many moons ago I just couldn't ever start writing something and it came about because I just could start writing somewhere it didn't matter you know what the paper was it didn't matter what color the pen was you know all, all of because of course when tragedy happens you revert back to all of your kind of things that help you make you feel you're in control so yeah. if you were a perfectionist before that's going to come to the fore yeah. so you know there came to the fore was me having to you know I had to write it several times on a piece of paper which was just ludicrous you know yeah. I mean it's the same but it, it was those things that started to make you feel safe again yeah um, so, so by, you know by putting it on the post notes what it does is it it's getting it out of your head and onto something that kind of goes <sighs> yeah 
yeah it, it's releasing you from those thoughts that are going around in your head and 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 actually that leads us into journaling just you know even if you're not going through a grieving process you know journaling helps you get that stuff out of your head and helps you um find a way through it and helps you come to terms with whatever it is that's going on in your head and it is so it's so it's so simple but it's so powerful absolutely and i think you know i i know i struggled a bit in, at first to actually write journaling so i actually just either spoke or just use words yeah you know, um and and part of that was because unfortunately when i became ill i um became severely jaundiced and that on top of the widow fog um meant that i really struggled with putting together you know a sentence which i yeah. know sounds incredible but i'd literally get a start sentence and i couldn't remember what i was actually saying or what the next word was um so for me you just i think it's the essence here is that you start where you're at and i think yeah. that's really important when working with those who are, are bereaved um is that yes the only thing that you know you can say that is common is the fact that they have lost somebody they loved yeah everything else is completely and utterly different you know yeah. how they got to that point is different how they're interpreted it is different so the best thing that cannot be offered is a space where they can just talk out or just be where they're at um and so for me it's always very important for me to meet my clients at the point at which they are at yeah um and, and it's unique journey to them and i and i remember i mean before we came on air and um, at the day of recording this and um, this is the first time we've met but you know you said your it was the fifth year in which your husband died yes. and actually the day of recording this is exactly the day that my father was killed and um you know it is a real synergy there it, it, you know it's it, it's very strange how we've ended up having this conversation on this day but i remember i had six months of bereavement counseling after he yeah. had um, gone and and it, it it just it massively helped and, and when i say counseling i literally just sat there every session and just talked a load of whatever came out of my head and, yeah. and cried a lot um and, and that's all i did they didn't they you know they just allowed me that space to do that and it, yeah. it got to about six months and then I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to let this go now. I'm, I'm, I can move on and I can not move on, but I can start, you know, I don't need that support as much. And like you said, it was really important. They didn't impose anything on me. It was like, mm -hmm. it's whatever works for you in that moment. It's your session. Do what you're, you want with it. And sometimes it was just tears, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think to offer that space without you know so that they know there is no judgment there is no fear of rejection you know anything goes um and that equally that there's no expectation yeah is the sort of perfect space for nurturing um somebody gradually finding you know understanding where they're at so that they can begin to find their voice so that they can start talking um you know i mean some some of my clients i coach actually by email which yeah. is quite hard because of course i have to step back and make sure i'm not making any interpretation yeah based yeah. on my own experience but that is where they're at you know they're not they want to take the time to you know digest to 
consider, to think they, they're not ready because they don't feel that um, they are, um, they don't feel they have something to say. So therefore, to, to come on to, you know, I'm going to visit Zoom calls primarily at the moment, onto a Zoom call, they don't feel they've got anything to say, so they don't want to do it, and it's a yeah. fear of theirs. But they're still getting huge benefit out of, you know, the email coaching yeah. that, I, that I'm doing. Yes, it because is. Because that, that suits them at this point, and then they, they will lead on to whatever they feel they need next. So, I mean, you know, I think we could talk for ages on this subject <laughs> because, you know, we, we've got similar experiences as well. But, um, you know, just thinking about our listeners, if there's anybody that's in this situation now, if they've recently lost somebody, yeah. um, and obviously that, that could be their husband or, or anybody, what, what's one tip you would say to them at this moment if they're feeling like they've got that missing Mr. Messy head or that washing machine head, what's the one tip that you would share with them? I, I, it's back to that whole thing of breathe. Okay. Sit down, breathe, it, one step at a time, because effectively you're juggling a whole load of balls. There's a whole load of new balls coming in that you didn't even know. Just sit, breathe, sit with where you are at now. There is no expectation that you have to do everything right now. It can wait, you know. Yeah. Just sit and breathe and take one step at the time. Um, momentum is not always, you know, about movement. Momentum sometimes is just about sitting and taking stock of where you're at. Yeah. Um, so I think that for me, if I hadn't have done that myself, I wouldn't be where I am now for sure. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, yeah, and, and it's about doing what's right for you in that moment, isn't it? And, and you know, you're automatically going to get lots of well, you know, well-meaning friends and family and, you know, all that. But it is about just doing, taking that time out and just doing what's right for you in that moment. Because there's a lot, a lot to take in in that moment. So amazing. I mean, it sounds like you're doing some amazing work and, and your journey is incredible as well. So if anybody wants to learn more about what you do, if they're thinking, I'd, I'd like to reach out to Laura, I'd like to work with her, how can they find you? So the best places to find me at the moment are either on Facebook or LinkedIn. So obviously it's Laura to Bridging the Gap. Um, and alternatively, I have set up a group which I set up to support a positive frame for widows, which I set up pre um, well, at the point of lockdown to support them with their mental momentum. And that's called hashtag I am sunshine. Oh, I like that. So, and the idea is that we'll put a positive frame to people's um, day because to lift one another up, it's ultimately a community of widows supporting widows. Wow, yeah, that, that sounds lovely. And, and, you know, we mustn't forget as well, uh, having gone through lockdown, there will be more widows yeah, and you know sadly because um of, of the pandemic and the, and the circumstances we've been living in so but i think as well, also it's it's a good reminder to remind people that they're not on their own and and also if they feel like they can't have that um conversation with their family or friends that there are groups like yourselves yeah. out there where you've all got a common denominator and that straight away that's a leveler and it all puts you in the same 
um, vote and you can talk openly about things. So sometimes that might be what somebody needs to step away from their, you know, immediate support and get support from a different source. So. Absolutely. And sometimes getting it from a different source, you know, whilst I, you know, I have, have my family, uh, I mean, sadly, I lost my dad well, 11 months after my husband. But at the end of the day, for me, they feared me getting hurt if I wanted to change what I was doing. And so were very protective of me. And therefore, you know, would you really want to do that? Um, was often came into it. And so sometimes, you know, family are well-meaning, but, you know, not always, you know, supportive in a way that actually being amongst other widows um, and widowers can be a yeah. different, different space for sure. Yeah. Um, well, like I say, Laura, it's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much um, for sharing your story and your journey as well. And, and it's wonderful to hear about the work that you're doing. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Joe. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. Online, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is Inspire Radio. You know, we're all about helping make a positive difference to people's lives. We launched January 20th, 2020, and we now have listeners in 28 countries across the world. Maybe if you're a lifestyle brand, work in the areas of personal development, health and well-being, maybe you'd like us to help share your message to the listeners of Inspire Radio, not just here in the UK, but across the world. If you would, just drop us an email, simply email steve at inspireradio.co.uk. Tell you what, let's enjoy a uh, cappuccino moment or green tree moment via Zoom and let's have a chat. So once again, if you'd like to know more, just drop me an email, steve at inspireradio.co.uk. Let's help make a positive difference to people's lives across the world. With feel-good music by day, relaxing music by night, this is Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired.